This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I am your host, Lydia Botchway. Today, I wanted to share with you about the teacher-student interactions that changed my life. Now, you all know that I'm a teacher. I've said it many times in different podcasts, but I wanted to just share a little bit about myself today, just to give you a background before I get into the stories. Well, I felt the call to go into education one afternoon in Manchester, England, as I was on the way back from sixth form college. Now, the thought of teaching, I would say, was something that was furthest from my mind because it was a profession I actually avoided because my dad was a teacher. I toyed with the idea of dentistry and I just couldn't cut the thought of looking into people's mouths and pharmacy. Oh, it just left me dizzy with the idea of counting pills all day long. It just felt so monotonous. And so for me, the key thing was being involved in people's lives and building relationships and seeing people progress from point A to point B. That is something that I have always loved to do. And it's something that has always excited me because I like to see people's potential realized. So instead of running away from the call to be a teacher, I decided to embrace it. And that was back in 1996, I believe, when I graduated from teaching school. My chemistry teacher, Dr. Owen, was an absolute inspiration to me. And yes, 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 that is the reason why I went into study chemistry at university. He was an amazing teacher. And I say this because he was very knowledgeable, passionate, patient, selfless, fun. And he demanded excellence from us in everything we did. And so when I went to UMIST in Manchester and I studied chemistry and then moved on to Victoria University to study my postgrad, certificate of secondary education. I really carried Dr. Owen with me all the way. And then I started my teaching career in Manchester as part of the diversity and inclusion service providing in-class support in science, math, and English to English learners at UC High, which was an inner city school, and then moved on to Trinity High School to teach science and continue my work as an ELL teacher. After that, I moved to Michigan, the United States for a while, got my Michigan teaching license in integrated science and worked as a guest teacher for a couple of years. And that really was because I wanted the flexibility because of my children. And now my last two, who are twins, by the way, 
are in eighth grade and we'll be moving on to high school next year. And I figure, Lydia, you need to get a full-time science teaching position. But I share this to say that I have taught in many classrooms and have interacted with many children, parents, teachers, administrators from different walks of life over the years. And every interaction for me has had a lesson. Some have given me the warm fuzzies, others have bolstered my confidence, still others have highlighted areas of my life where I didn't realize I had greatness or they just exposed the weaknesses. And before I forget, some of the experiences were simply cautionary tales and I walked away and in some cases literally run because I did not like what I saw. So it's against this backdrop that I share some of these stories, which is way too many to share, but these particular ones have touched my heart very deeply. And I wanted to just say that if you're a teacher out there in the classroom, in whatever capacity, you keep on doing what you do. Keep on keeping on. You know, as teachers, we really impact generations and our words and actions matter. So be wise how you treat those who you have privilege of keeping under your care. And with that, let's go to our first story. Put your best foot forward. (laughs) I was taking morning attendance in my science class and one of the students chose not to follow my protocol of silence during this time. Now, it was something I had already established with the class. So seeing this student come in on his first day and disregard it did not make me very happy. I graciously brought it to his attention. John, I really appreciate silence when I am taking the attendance. And it was as if my words just dissipated into the ether because immediately I lowered my gaze to call the next name on the roll call. He started talking again. And I thought to myself, are you kidding? (laughs) And somehow without thinking, I said, my mother taught me that whenever you meet someone for the first time, you need to always put your best foot forward. And you know what? Without missing a beat, the student got up out of his chair and literally put his best foot forward. Now, I thought to myself, this is a challenge. The other students in the class laughed. Now, whether he understood what I meant by that or not, I have no idea. I was stunned. And so I mirrored his response from behind the teacher's table and put my best foot forward and said to him, John, I don't know you and you 
don't know me. Listen, let's get along because I don't want to remember you for the wrong things you do. I want to remember you for the good things you do. Is that okay? He said, yes. And from that moment, his behavior changed and our relationship improved because it was based on mutual respect. (laughs) Every time I think about that story, it's just hilarious. But I know that my reaction was quite unorthodox. But sometimes you have to mirror what a student is doing as a way of getting their attention. And in some cases, causing the class to pause and be silent. As I said, from that moment on, my expectation was very clear. The students knew what the boundary was for attendance and for their behavior, and they respected it because I was consistent in enforcing it. So the bottom line is, please do not complain about what you tolerate. If you do not have clear boundaries, people will run through them. If the boundaries are there, you can point to that boundary. And as long as you reinforce it and you're consistent, the boundary line will still remain. We all have a desire to push on boundaries. But if the boundary line is clear, we learn to respect it. Caught in the crossfire. I have been caught in the crossfire on several occasions as a teacher, hit in the head when I tried to separate two students who were fighting. I knew then never to get in the middle, better to stand on the sideline and call for help. Pushed out of the door when I was pregnant with my first son by an angry student. Mm-mm-mm. My, the stuff we bear up. As teachers, leaves one to ponder, why do I stay on in the classroom? Well, for me, it's fairly simple. My purpose is driven by my passion for education and my love to see students reach their full potential. Are these moments traumatizing? Absolutely. (laughs) However, like any profession, there are moments And we have to find a way of working through those difficulties when they happen. Well, being caught in the crossfire of two students arguing over something in one of my science classes, and I tried to figure out what was going on, and I became the target of insults from one of the students. When I brought the matter to the assistant principal's attention, I was dissatisfied with how the matter was addressed the lack of communication, the excuses they made for the student's behavior. Mm, mm, mm. This left me hurt and deeply disappointed because I expected a lot more support from the school. With deep reflection, the incident led me to write a song called Stand for Right and offered me the opportunity to walk in forgiveness towards the assistant principal and the student in order to move forward. You know, holding onto offenses as a teacher is a toxic pill. And I've found over the years that forgiveness and seeking to understand is the only antidote. Sometimes you may never understand the motives of a student, 
Every day for me in the classroom is a new day. And the children who present themselves before me come to me with a lot of different challenges. Sometimes I've found that it is hard not to take the things they do and say personally, especially when we are not privy to the missing piece or puzzle in a student's life. Three things that I do that really help me to navigate some of these challenges when they happen. I pray for the child, the situation and the administrators and myself, you know, that I can have the grace to know how to deal with some of these things when they happen. I also share the issue with a circle of trusted colleagues or friends who have often helped me to navigate through some of these challenges and maybe address maybe some blind spots that I have and help provide a different perspective in the issue so that I can move forward. And another important thing I do is I always ask the student why. And if they can't give me a good reason for their behavior, then it is highly probable that it was probably reactionary and there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. So with that, I'm going to leave you with the song that I wrote in response to being caught in the crossfire. Stand for right. We live in a world Wrong seems right when man exchanges truth for a lie. We live in a world where the righteous are shunned and the evil doers seem to thrive. But our
hope that story blessed you as much as it blessed me writing it. Let's move on to the next story. Please pray for my mother. Back in England, before I started my science lessons at the Church of England school that I taught at, I always shared a short prayer or read some kind of reflection. Initially, the students wondered about a prayer before science class, but they soon settled into the rhythm and brought their own quotes and reflections for us to read before class. One morning, as I was about to start the lesson, Shelley raised her hand to share something. She began, Mrs. Goggle, can you please pray for my mother? She went on to share about the health challenges her mother was going through. She was very open about the diagnosis and the concerns and struggles she had. The class was quiet as we all listened intently. When she finished sharing, I invited the class to join their faith together as we prayed for Shelley's mum for healing. I can't remember what happened beyond this point. What I can say is that there was peace in the heart and the mind of this student as she continued to walk through this journey with her mother. One would wonder, prayer in class? Yes, I responded to her request because it was an appointment and an anointed time and God had some business to take care of. I felt comfortable doing it because I was covered under his authority and my head of department was aware I prayed in class every day. Now you'd probably wonder why should a student share such a personal story? It's simple. It's because she felt the classroom was a safe, supportive, non-judgmental environment where she knew she belonged, could reach out for support and thrive. Students need to know that they matter and can be themselves within the classroom. They also need to know that their voice, whether verbal or non-verbal, will be heard. You know, the truth is that a silenced voice is a frustrated voice. And that frustrated voice can then lead to a hurt voice, which can sometimes do dangerous things, where the person acts out in an unhealthy way and may hurt themselves and others. The more I reflect, I realize again, then when God created us, he created us with a voice. And that voice needs to be expressed. And so as educators, we need to be sensitive to the voices of our students in the classroom and seek to create environments that support their social, emotional, mental, and academic well-being. The power of small wins. When this position came up for a long-term sub for the Autism Spectrum Disorder class, I immediately thought of you. You can have it if you're interested, 
the principal at Hill Elementary said. Absolutely, I would be honored, was my response. I've always had a heart to work with children with autism. Honestly, I didn't fully understand what I'd signed up for that seven-week assignment. However, the one thing I knew was that I wanted to see these children through God's eyes. On the first day of my starting work, a student named Chloe, who had apparently developed an ongoing anxiety that caused her to throw up every time she came to school, arrived with her mother. As a result of these ongoing vomiting episodes, her parents were asked to take her home every time. That morning, as I was walking out of the house, I felt the Holy Spirit's prompting to take my instruments and ribbons with me. So I did. When Chloe arrived that day, she had another episode and mom was immediately asked to return to pick her up. She hadn't even left the school parking lot. I was called to the office while the student was being attended to. And when I walked into the office, I could see the discouragement on mom's face. I introduced myself and thanked her for coming. We both laughed. There was that unspoken connection of, I understand the challenges we all face as parents. After a brief pause, I asked her, what does Chloe like to do? Chloe's mother immediately teared up. You really want to know what my daughter likes to do? I responded, yes, I want to know because it matters to me. She was very surprised that I cared that much and went on to tell me that she loved music, art, and reading. I told her that I had brought my instruments with me and that we would play them during circle time. And we both agreed that I would keep Chloe for half a day and promised to keep in touch and let her know what her progress would be. During circle time, I introduced the musical instruments and ribbons and all the students responded positively. Chloe loved the music and danced with the ribbons. The activity set the tone for the rest of her lessons and she stayed the whole day. Mom was delighted. Every parent wants to know that the child is in good hands. The challenge often I find from elementary to middle school and then high school is that the parental involvement goes to zero in the classroom. That for me has always been challenging, something I don't fully understand because I believe there are students who would benefit from that parental involvement and support even in middle and high school, especially since there are not enough classroom support staff to meet all the class needs. Teachers need help in the classroom and cannot attend to every student who needs additional help. Anyway, back to my story. Asking a parent about their child's interests and finding ways of meeting that need when it is expressed shows you care. To continue to strengthen my relationship with the families, I created and sent out a weekly newsletter called the Hut News. 
to highlight their children's achievements during the week. As Chloe's mother said, we always looked forward to reading it every time it arrived in the inbox. After I printed it, I would say to Chloe, the news is hot off the press. During that time, I wrote a poem in response to my experience to my ASD students called Heavenly Treasures. When you look at your child, what do you see? When you touch them, how do you feel? When you listen to their voice, what do you hear? When you spend time with them, what memories are created? For our children are gifts, earthen vessels with heavenly treasure given to us so that we as parents and guardians may know that we belong, can learn, can reach out and thrive. Therefore, let us cherish these heavenly treasures. Let us acquire knowledge to help us draw out the precious and pleasant riches within them. Let us seek wisdom to build them up so that they can reach their full potential. Let us get understanding so that we can do what is right for them. And through patience, self-control, perseverance and consistency, let us develop insight to guide them so that they too may know that they belong, can learn, can reach out and thrive. Well, let's carry on with our story and this one is called Care Enough to Share. Dan was always in class a few minutes early and would come and ask questions about various topics. I suppose he valued my opinion and wanted to genuinely know. One morning he came in and seemed to be upset about something. He walked to his table, put his books down and didn't even acknowledge me. That was very strange. I asked him how he was doing and he snapped back. So I called him over so I could speak to him and find out what was going on. He shared that he had had an argument with his mother that morning. I empathized and asked what happened. He responded, Gago, didn't you hear me? I said I had an argument with my mom. That's not good, he remarked in tears. I'll be honest, I was a bit taken aback that Dan had addressed me like that. But I had to move past that quickly because I knew he was hurting. So I asked again, why? He said that his mother said that he favored his dad more than her. So I asked him if that was true. He said yes because he and his dad had common interests like playing video games together and he didn't really share anything in common with his mother. I said I understood and went on to share my own experience with my older son Joshua, who enjoyed watching anime. 
I shared with Dan about how he would ask me over and over again to watch the TV shows with him and my resistance until it dawned on me that all he wanted was some connection time. So one day, I did. I sat there and watched one of his shows. And I got hooked. (laughs) And believe me, it changed our relationship. So I suggested that he invite his mom to play the games with him. He should also reciprocate and do something she enjoyed as well. He looked at me and walked out of the room saying he would think about it. The following morning, he came to class excited, beaming from ear to ear. Mrs. Gago, it worked. What happened? I asked him. He said that he and his mom had talked things through and she expressed that she was concerned that she would not have a strong relationship with him. Well, that day, they sat down and even planned some family activities over the weekend, including a bicycle ride to the park. You know, I share this story because as a teacher, we wear many hats. It would have been easy for me to not say anything to Dan and let him stew in whatever his challenge was that morning in the name of privacy. However, because we had established a good teacher-student trust relationship, he felt comfortable to allow himself to be vulnerable knowing that I genuinely cared about his well-being. Students can tell who cares and who doesn't. As I mentioned before, as an educator, being present, listening, empathizing, and being willing to ask questions in order to understand the behavior or the motivation of a student's actions goes a long way to building trust and hopefully resolving some of the issues that may be bothering them. Let's take a break. We'll be back. As educators, we've all experienced a student who is focused, well-behaved, always on task, completes the work in a timely manner, does the extra sheet, helps the peers, and the list goes on and on. We often wish all our students were like that, but the truth be told, if that was the case, the classes would probably be a little boring. Just saying. It's nice to sometimes be kept on your toes. Well, Leah was one of those students who did everything right and with excellence, I should add. It was imperative for me as a teacher to be intentional about paying attention to her needs as a high achieving student and challenging her by stretching her knowledge in science. Leah also expressed her passion for writing stories. Once again, I would not have known if I hadn't made time to talk with her about her interests. Because of this knowledge, when I had the opportunity to contribute to a community magazine called Stony Point Living, I asked Leah to write a piece to celebrate her writing skills. She loved it. Other times we may have quite shy students 
who can easily blend into the background and go unnoticed all year round. Those are the ones you have to be absolutely intentional about reaching out to as an educator. Don't be distracted by those who make the loudest noise. Turn the volume down and reach out to those who may be sitting in the background as well. Take five. I took a long-term science substitute position in a middle school in Michigan and had to adjust very quickly into the school system. Remembering the names of 120 students eagerly waiting to be taught was a tall order. I did not like pointing at students for a response and even using name tags after a while got a little tiring. I often deferred to sir, ma'am, or brother, sister. Like I said, I'm a little unorthodox in my practices. Through sheer desperation, I decided to create a five-minute opportunity for every student at the end of class to share something about themselves. Everyone was encouraged to share. The goal was to connect their personal stories with their faces and their names. After the sharing, questions were asked, comments were made, and common experiences highlighted. Those five minutes changed our lives. The students shared their stories to a listening, captivated and supportive audience. The sense of affirmation was tangible. I could see the confidence of some students increase as they felt a sense of pride sharing their stories. Deeper relationships were forged as shared interests and passions were discovered. The door of opportunity was flung open for a young violinist to serenade us with a beautiful classical music, a rapper impress us with their beats and rhymes, the Fortnite gaming crew entertain us with their dance moves, heartfelt songs sang, stories about rescue cats, sibling reunions, and more. Students were sharing about their family heritage, favorite foods, traditions, vacations, embarrassing moments, achievements, goals, hopes, and dreams. These moments were pure pleasure and memorable. A flood of emotions ensued, including laughter, surprise, shock, admiration, respect, and the silence as we embraced and celebrated each person's difference. The fact is, we are wonderfully and fearfully designed. Our lives are living storybooks. And when we tell our story, it has the ability to inspire, challenge, empower, and impact others. As educators, if we spend a little time in cultivating the sense of family in the classroom where students know that they belong, can grow, reach out to others and thrive, it's a game changer. It improves classroom management. Students are more receptive to learn because their voice is being heard. It creates opportunity to talk to students about topics of interest outside schoolwork. Responding to the unexpected. I woke up Wednesday morning excited to share five minutes about myself. 
And why not? I had asked all the students to do the same. So five minutes before the end of class, I shared my story and opened it up for questions. I had some comments where students connected with my experiences, and then all of a sudden, a question was asked. I didn't know who asked it. It was a male voice. That I know as much. All I heard was, do you support LGBTQ? For a moment there, I found myself in a closed room with this question. There was a haze that surrounded me and I was unable to see my students for a time. It was almost like an out-of-body experience because I was on the outside looking into the situation. Then I heard the response. I believe everyone is created in the image of God. I believe my job is not to judge. Mine is to love. And immediately that answer left my lips, the haze cleared, and I could see my students again. As we stood chatting a few minutes after dismissal, I asked one of the students if my response was clear. She answered, I wasn't offended by that answer. I'm a lesbian. That moment marked me for several reasons. My role as a teacher is to help my students reach their full potential regardless of their race, gender, sexuality, family structure, socioeconomic status, and the list goes on and on. Mine is to serve knowledge to the young hearts and minds I have been entrusted with so that they can be fruitful contributors to this world. And finally, the reality is our students are going to come from many different walks of life. They need to find our classroom a safe haven where they will be respected and valued for who they are and their capabilities. Every student should be given an equal opportunity to access education. You know, there are many moments in my teaching career I will carry with me for many, many years to come. This last one left an impact because it reminded me of why I responded to the call to come into education. And it's called Stamp of Approval. It was getting towards the end of the school year and the 8th graders had received their high school t-shirts and were going around having them signed by their friends and teachers. I was teaching my 7th grade science class and they were doing some project work and so my role was really just to oversee so I wasn't too busy. Joey, an eighth grader, walked into the class with his t-shirt in hand and asked me to write my name in large letters across the back. I asked him why 
he said, because you are my favorite teacher. I was humbled. I sat down and did as he had requested, writing my name in big, bold letters on the back of his t-shirt whilst he stood there and waited. And when I was done, he thanked me and left. Joey was the same student who stepped up in class and pulled up one of my songs from my album, God of the Nations, so I could sing in class after one of the students had sang and I promised to do the same. So why do I share the story? I'm glad you asked. As educators, we will never truly know what impact we are having on the lives of the students we're interacting with. This quote by Pablo Casals says, to the whole world, you might be just one person, but to one person, you might just be the whole world. I believe we're all educators in different capacities. We are always teaching and we're always learning different things from different people. My prayer is that we use our time, talents, and treasure to teach the right thing so that lives will be positively impacted for good. And with that, I close out. Family, it's been amazing just sharing these personal stories with you. I hope you got something out of it. Send it to a teacher out there or just take those nuggets of truth and apply them to your situation. Remember, like I said, we are all teachers. We are all learners. And so please connect with me at livethecandidlife at gmail.com. That's livethecandidlife at gmail.com. I would like to hear your thoughts and your comments. And also follow me on Instagram. Check it out on YouTube and TikTok as well. And remember that every podcast that I put out has a purpose and that is to inspire, challenge and empower you to live differently so that you can impact this generation and the next. And so until next time, remember your story matters because you matter. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.